The biggest risk of all is not taking one. This phrase can be traced all the way back to Melody Hobson, who was the CEO of Aerial Investments. Melody went on to manage over $18 billion in assets, and she was the head of two major financial firms. She was also the chairwoman of Starbucks. But what we can take from this is that Hobson understood the importance of taking the first step. I actually this morning opened up my inbox and had an email sitting right at the top for me from somebody who requested kind of kind of for me to spread the knowledge of how to start a business in 2022 with $0 and how can we turn this into a multi-million or potentially a billion dollar corporation or company. So I suppose that's what I wanted to kind of focus today's podcast on. Now, I understand that it can be very difficult to start a business with no money. This is actually extremely difficult. But with consistency and hard work, you will make your first million and you will definitely be able to scale this to something larger. Now, my qualifications, I ran three successful businesses within the last few years. I sold two to afford the third, which was my cash cow, bringing over $1.2 million per year in gross revenue. Now, I'm not the richest person in the world, but I absolutely understand money and I understand how that circulates and how you can get a part of it. Now, if you aren't making money already, something is obviously wrong. There is so much money to be made, so many people spending money online, in stores, whatever it is. People love to spend. How are you not getting part of that money? Well, I will absolutely tell you and I will direct you to make as much money as humanly possible with your companies you are about to start. I've already made my $20 million and potentially more continuing, continuing with these next couple years. And I don't care if this gets 2,000 views or 20 million views, but these tips are here to help you and serve as a creative outlet to myself so you can either listen and learn and pass them up or you can let, these, let all these tips pass you by and just have this as a podcast. I don't really care what you do, but this will definitely serve as importance with starting your next businesses, your first business, whatever it is, and potentially starting from zero. Now, to kind of start off how we are going to make a multi-million or multi-billion dollar corporation, we are going to start a little plan here. I guarantee that your first company will not be the one to bring you a million dollars, but it can definitely serve as a stepping stone to get there. So we're going to kind of start out with a three-step plan. And this plan will help you start three businesses. The first one being some sort of service business to start generating revenue. The second being recommended to be more of a retail business that is funded by the first. And the final step will be some sort of major retail or distribution business that is funded by the first two. This will be the one to get you past your first million and potentially be able to be scalable to a billion dollars. Now, I suppose we start with step number one. Do not quit your nine to five. You will not find success with dropping everything to start a business. Now, I understand that a lot of the millionaires 
and billionaires out there dropped everything to start their business. But the step kind of pertains to safety. How can you stay safe financially, whether you've got a family, whether you're getting out of school? How can you stay safe financially? In the To do so, you just keep your nine to five and you continue generating your personal revenue to live with this job. Now, you may have zero dollars remaining after paying your expenses, or you may have a couple bucks left over. But to start our first business, we need to kind of step back and take a look at the economy, at our neighborhood, at wherever we are. We need to figure out how we can make money. So we're going to start our first business. And our step to be doing that is to observe and identify. Now, with this recent pandemic that we've all started to almost get over, but I guess it's still lingering, this has led to a significant shift in consumer preferences. We all have seen this. We all have become consumers within this. This has changed people's preferences, behaviors, habits, and these new patterns are here to stay. Hence, anyone starting a new business has to be cognizant of this and tailor make their business idea accordingly. One of the biggest mistakes entrepreneurs make is to have solutions ready even before they have identified the problem. This mistake, while always costly, could be a disastrous for a new entrepreneur in a post-pandemic market that is highly volatile and competitive. Hence, ask yourself the following questions to take this first step. What is a problem? What am I looking to address? Important to identify the customer's pain points. And probably, this is actually probably going to serve as one of the most important steps for an entrepreneur because the goal of any business is to somehow make things easier for the end user. Next question, is there a real need for this business? This is why I said take a look at your community, your neighborhood. Understand, is this something that you need? It has to be some kind of service or product that a large cohort of consumers in the market need. What are the gaps in the industry that I've chosen to start my business in? That's the third question. Market gaps are essentially opportunities in hiding and that are waiting to be exploited. It is up to you as an entrepreneur to spot these gaps and build a business that can help plug them. Now, a lot of you have seen kind of, I'm sure maybe you've even experienced if you've owned a home, but within the past year, a lot of people have gotten into the power washing business. And while this can prove to be a very good kind of business to start in, a lot of people ended up making lots of money off this, but people who jumped in late to the show who potentially already had somebody doing this in their neighborhood, in their community, whatever it is, did not have that opportunity to make money. And that is because the market was saturated. Find your niche, figure out what you're good at, maybe learn a new skill to be good at something that you can make you money and absolutely exploit the hell out of that. Make yourself as much money as possible. Every sector and industry has a potential gap that can be solved via new ideas. Now, starting from zero, there's a lot of constraint on this. I will not even pretend like there isn't, but there are many, many customer pain points that were solved by many entrepreneurs, and I guarantee you can be the next one.
Maybe it's something in your neighborhood like gutter cleaning. If you're able-bodied and willing to get up on gutters and clean them out, people can make thousands per day racking up money from customers and cleaning gutters, whatever it may be. I recommend if maybe if you're still in high school, maybe you're still in college trying to make a little bit of extra money on the side, your first business doesn't need to be something all eccentric. You just need to have working capital to be able to fund your next. We're going to kind of look at the target market now and um, market research and, and kind of how that's that's played into this first step in finding the niche. This is going to be the most grueling and maybe the most important step when it comes to founding a successful business. And for those looking to start their own business in 2022, 2023, where the market is ever-changing, this is why first-time entrepreneurs need to create an all-tight, defensible target audience. In order to identify market gaps and clearly demonstrate a target audience and really understand their problems, needs, and desires, you have to do your due diligence and talk to your potential customers' network. Now, as I've said in the last podcast, I believe it's after the time this goes up, that's going to be episode four. If you kind of listen in on that, I talked about why it's not important to network with your friends and family. Now, I really want you to take that into account. Your friends and family may be potential customers to your first business, but do not take their advice. I absolutely do not take your advice. They are buying because they're your family, they're supportive, whatever it may be. They are not willing to help you get better. While some families might help someone get better or some friends, you really want to take a look at someone you don't know who you would potentially be offering the service to, the company, whatever it is. You need to figure out their desires, their needs, their problems, and kind of conduct that little research that you can do within your own community. Now, as far as you know, you are part of your target market as well. And maybe this will help you find the niche in the community, but understand what you could use, a problem that's not being solved, or even something that some type of service that you really wish existed in your community that does not currently exist. Maybe it's car detailing. Maybe it's, as I was saying, finding some way to clean gutters, whatever it is, find that niche. Next step, we're going to make a business plan, write it down. I very much so talked about the importance of this in the last episode, but if you weren't able to watch that, definitely understand your target audience, what your business strategy is by figuring out what your business does, financial plans that talk about how you're going to reinvest funds back into your business, how you're going to make your business profitable, everything you can think about, write it down. This can definitely change as time goes on, but definitely, definitely, definitely write this down. And finally, we are going to go ahead and strike. We are going to go ahead and do our service. Let's say we're doing gutter cleaning. We're going to go knock door to door. Maybe we're going to work with friends to, to get through more doors, but definitely the first step needs to be to actually start. And you will, you will have people pass up on this. Maybe 99% of people pass up on it. But if you or you and your friend or whoever it is going through the neighborhood, knocking on doors, get to that 100th house and they say yes, you've just made yourself $200, $300, whatever you're charging, whatever area you're in, you've just made yourself that money. Conduct the service, get the money. Now, 
Pricing is something that you should have stated in your marketing plan, your business plan, whatever we're going to call that. That's something you should have already stated, but you definitely need to understand how much you're going to be charging and you need to keep this consistent because you don't want this to be something that the neighbors are talking with each other about and realizing that there's a discrepancy in the pricing and wanting some type of discount. Understand why your service costs as much as it does because you specialize in it. Understand the kind of things you're going to about how long it's going to take per house. Figure out the timing, the money. Make sure everything is consistent with it. Now, one thing we may want to do is start some type of business bank account at this point. A lot of people like to funnel cash into their own account, but I definitely see the importance of filing your own cash that you've made for your, from your business, your revenue, whatever we're calling that, funnel that into a business account. Now, you can definitely pay yourself from this business account, but it's going to help us keep track of our financials, understand how much our business made, if we get to a point where we are open as a business and we want to make sure we're getting taxed correctly, definitely have this business account to help you understand how much money came through. Very important to have a business bank account. And once you find the right bank with the right deal that you are looking for, absolutely do your research on which bank you're going to use. But it is very, very important to have your bank account. And this kind of leads us into our bottom line here that we're going to kind of talk about this competitive economic climate. It is difficult. It is difficult to have a business such as this when so many people are running their own or working for a business driven by tech, whatever it might be online, digital. It's, it's very difficult to have some sort of business like this when people believe they can just go online and find someone who's going to do it cheaper, you need to find that niche and you need to make wrong decisions. You will learn. You need to accept your errors and resort to course correction. Follow your business plan. Now, it'll probably take you a lot of hours outside of working your nine to five, outside of your classes, if you're in school, whatever it is, it's going to take you a lot of hours to come up with the money you need. So we're going to kind of focus here on a three to five year plan. Plan on running this business for three to five years. If, you, if you're thinking right now, that's just too many years, it's going to take too long to do this, too bad. If you want to make money, you need to start. You need to start making money. I guarantee you're not going to be able to jump in and make $100 million a year doing whatever the hell you want to do. You need to start slow. This is your first business. You need to create that working capital, three to five years. There's nothing wrong with it. And especially the younger you are, the better this is going to be. You need to be agile in your thinking and you need to start and make wrong decisions and learn. Now, this first business is also kind of serving as a point where we can learn because I guarantee you're going to make errors in large things that, that need corrected. Maybe it's learning how to be customer service. Maybe it's, it's kind of learning on your taxes and something went wrong and now you're in trouble. This is a good business to start on because, I mean, you're going to have a lot less income than a $100 million corporation. And absolutely, if you make mistakes, you're going to learn the hard way, but it's going to be less impactful on your future. 
Very, very important. Let's go ahead and say we've made a good amount of revenue from this. We have, oh, we'll say about one hundred to $300,000 saved up in our business account. It is time to start step number two. This is business number two. And as we kind of said at the start, this is going to be, and I recommend you doing some type of retail business. Um, now there's a hundred different things you can do, but I mean, we're still going to be on a tight budget. It is not cheap to start a large company. You need to be mindful of what you have and you need to figure out what you are going to do. Now, this is going to be the second time we're going to do this, but we're going to find that niche in the market. We're going to figure out what we need. And this time we're not looking at just our community. We're looking on a little beyond this. Maybe it's our city. Maybe it's the state we're in. Maybe it's, it could be even be the whole, the whole country we're in. But we're still, we're still keeping it a little bit smaller or a little bit more restricted because we don't want to get into things overseas yet. We don't want to get to things um, multi-continental. It's just going to be a lot easier for our second business when we're still working on a budget. Now, you don't have to entirely sell your first business. You don't have to entirely quit. Maybe you figured out a way to make it autonomous and have other people do it for you. And, and maybe you're taking away like a 10% stake each year, or whatever it is from your first business. It is absolutely okay to keep this job. It may be a messy job. It may be something you don't look forward to, but it's going to continue bringing in our capital. And especially if we've made a good amount of money per year doing this, maybe it's going to be okay to quit our nine to five at this point. But again, that is up to your discretion. This is not something that I can tell you based off of what I know right now. It's going to be different from person to person. And maybe there's another podcast or video or or something, some type of financial advisor that could help you with this. But it is up to your discretion. If you keep your nine to five, which again, for myself, I was still in my nine to five at this point on my second business. But if you're making enough revenue, you can definitely quit that. Um, but again, consult financial advisors, consult with your wife, whatever it is, figure it out. You need to make sure you have enough money to sustain yourself and your livelihood. So still working on semi on a budget, especially if you're on the $100,000 side, we need to kind of tap into our free resources and kind of how we can run that business with what we've got. Maybe you don't have enough to hire your first employee yet. I guarantee you probably won't have that much, but we can start looking at things like websites. With COVID, I guess we keep talking about it, with COVID and, and the online digital market, so many people have a website and this is like when you see an ad on Instagram, on Facebook and people click on it and it redirects you straight to your website. This is what we're trying to get. So I'm going to go ahead and say there's tons of free resources out there for websites. I know Wix is a big one. I know, well, I guess there's hundreds of them where you can make websites and it looks great. la di da di da all good. Wrong. These websites are heavily constricted. These websites take profits that come through. I recommend if you have the resources to go ahead and get someone professional to make you your own website. And it'll probably cost a couple thousand dollars, but one, if you get the right person, it's going to look good. Um, and two, 
you're not having funds taken from you when you're making money. Very important to take as much profit margin as we can. So kind of after we have our website together and we've had our niche picked out, we need to continue to network. Now, this skill does take a lot of time. And if you're playing your cards right, maybe you listen to this podcast before you start your first business. You need to start networking as soon as possible. And to do this, interact with business people in your respective industry. Maybe it's beyond your respective industry, but definitely target what you're in. You will learn a lot from entrepreneurs on the same journey as you. If it's a unique business, still networking with other entrepreneurs is very important. Other people have been down a similar road before, and you can learn what it takes to run a successful startup. And maybe you'll even go far enough to kind of learn further from seminars, webinars, events, conferences, social media groups, whatever it is. Maybe you even email me. We can figure out how for you to have the best experience doing this and to network and make as many connections as you can. Stay updated. Keep an eye on workshops near you where other people are going to be taking these courses who are in the same boat as you. Make as many friends as possible because you never know which industry you're going to need to tap into in the future or kind of who you need to connect with to maybe get something done within your own research. So when you're selling maybe a product, a service, something you need to do is test it. Now, we've already spoke and kind of networked with kind of future potential buyers of whatever it is, um, but we need to test whatever idea it is. So maybe it's you created your own type of online coaching business. Maybe it's uh, financial coaching. Maybe it's fitness coaching, whatever it is. You need to have somebody who's going to test this, and you cannot charge money to have people test things. I know it's very tough especially when you spent $30,000 getting the second business off the ground. I know you're going to want to jump in and make money, but you need to have somebody test this to kind of save yourself from ultimate failure, I suppose. So we're going to kind of look at something called an MVP, not most valuable player, but this one's called a minimum viable product. It is a new product with core features to test its viability in the market. And the purpose is to see early customers' experience with the product and use the feedback in further developments. Maybe you think you have your product or, or service or whatever it is completely fixed down to the core. There are no problems with it. Wrong. There's always something wrong and there always will be. And you can't figure this out. You cannot figure out the big flaws until you have your MVP and have kind of helped out with testing with a group of people, whatever it is. Now, something that might help you make a little bit of revenue back and kind of provide these testers is crowdfunding. Now, I I know we've all heard of all the sites out there that you can get money on, um, kind of pitching products, services, whatever it is. Um, Definitely look into your options. I will put a list in the description if you are interested in kind of looking at some of these websites and understanding the most successful people that have used them, but you need to tap into this power of the web and kind of figure out how you can get people to test this. Maybe they'll fund like $30, whatever it is, and they'll, you'll send them a test product, a test service, a, 
your your MVP is what I'm getting at. Um, and this will kind of indicate something about your idea. Maybe there's good parts. Maybe there's bad parts. Um, kind of if they wanted to share it, if they want to pre-order the full thing, whatever it is, your MVP is going to help out with that. Now, this combined with your website is kind of going to offer the basic metrics of how your product or service is doing, kind of you can look into if it's a website on the amount of traffic it's gotten, number of visitors, average time per page, definitely get feedback from a lot of these people using your product, especially if you use crowdfunding. Um, again, do not, do not, do not, do not let your family give you feedback. They only want what's best for you. They're not going to be critical of what you have. You need random people. Now, at this step, if you haven't created a business plan already for your second business, you really, really need to do so. Um, so we'll kind of skip past that step because I already talked about it once again in this in the last step and, and previously in the last podcast. But this business is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a little bit more, I don't want to say professional, but you're not just collecting cash on the street for cleaning people's gutters. So we need something that is going to help us receive payments. So we need a payment method. Now, this is kind of where a lot of people get in trouble because they have their business account. They have the cash from the last business. However, you need to pay strict attention to the steps you need to take in order to format that business bank account to accept payments. Maybe you need to, and I guess it depends on region, it depends on state, if you're in the United States, you need to figure out what the rules are behind that bank account and receiving payments from your business. If you had a business before, I guarantee that you need to either take it to the bank headquarters, whatever it is, you need to get that bank account formatted to go legally with your new business. This will get people in a lot of trouble, and I don't have a ton of research on this because it was so long ago that I've done this, but just make sure you look into the different steps you need to take to format your bank account to accept payments. Now, cash is obviously going to be the fastest, easiest, cheapest, most widely used payment method. Um, you can definitely do this with your business. If you have an online business at this point, fully online, not brick and mortar, um, and, and maybe you aren't able to take that cash. There are a lot, a lot of things that you can really do, um, to collect this money. And I guess with most of us having the knowledge, I, I hope all of us with debit and credit, obviously understand that these are the most ideal ways that people can kind of take in money. Um, being that one, you can get it sent straight to your business account. Um, and you can be guaranteed of that money. You don't have to go redeposit it. Um, I know mobile payments are very, very widely used and popular. I really wouldn't recommend taking checks. Um, I'm giving this podcast in 2022, but it, again, it's 2022, 2023. You do not want to be taking checks from people. Just makes your life more difficult. A lot of fraudulent things happen. Um, with people handing out checks, as much as you want to trust everybody, you really cannot trust anybody. Figure out your way of payment method. You can definitely link it to your first bank account, but figure out how to format correctly. So after we have all this, we have our feedback, we've made the changes to our product, we are ready to go. 
Maybe you need extra funding. There are definitely big crowdsourcing things. You can get funding. Maybe it's inside funding from friends, family, whatever it is. Maybe it's exterior funding from different connections you've made, maybe from bank accounts, whatever it is. Um, if you need to find, refinance one of your biggest paid off things, uh, maybe you need to do so. But this is definitely where the first hundred dollars to $300,000 that we saved from the first business is going to be important to us. Um, so definitely after this step, take a shot, go with your idea, run with it. You will not profit the first year. I guarantee you that. But with following years, you will definitely, definitely make up for all of that lost profit the first year. Um, now, this kind of takes us to business number three. Let's say you've ran business number two. You've made lots and lots of money off of it. Maybe you've had lots of losses and you need to restart from step number one. Just remember, you're not starting from nothing. You are starting from experience and you will definitely be able to succeed the second, the third, the fourth time. I remember it took me about seven or eight businesses to actually find one that made me real money. You will fail, but you need to go in with an open mindset and you need to learn. You absolutely need to learn. That is the number one step of an entrepreneur. And that is one of the biggest things I learned um, definitely going into this field coming from where I came from. Um, and maybe this is something I, I hit on more in a future podcast, but definitely I was one of those people who thought I was smarter than the average person. I would go to these big conferences. I would go to these big investment committees and I would act like the smartest person there. And I would give my spiel rather than listen. And maybe it's for you listening from experience with these businesses, listening to yourself, listening to others. Everyone has some positive attribute that can kind of help you learn how to run one of these businesses. Whether you take it or not is your choice, but other people who have spent their own time and money have made mistakes. You can learn from them. Maybe it's obvious, maybe it's not, but you just need to sit, you need to be patient, and you need to learn. So let's go ahead and say you've passed number two. You started your second big business. We're going to go ahead and jump into our third business. At this point, if you haven't quit your nine to five, it is probably very much so time to do that. Maybe it was time to do that years ago, but you need to make sure you have time to run this business. This third one is going to be our largest, largest mountain to climb, and you need to have plenty of time, plenty of patience, and plenty of experience to run this business. Again, maybe you've had an idea already of what this might be. Let's go ahead and say you want to become the largest tile distribution warehouse in the United States. That is going to be our main goal for this business, theoretically. So how can you turn this into a billion-dollar company? Maybe it's multi-million, maybe it's billion Anyway, you want to have some kind of company that can bring your family, maybe it's your grandkids, maybe it's your kids, you want to bring generational wealth. So how are we going to build this business from the ground up? Number one, I recommend if you have not already, find a business partner. This is going to be very, very, very helpful in terms of one, splitting liability. And kind of in the last podcast, I talked about how to start a business with all the things in depth. Figure out your LLP, LLC, maybe it's sole priorityship, whatever it is, you need to figure out which one you're doing. Very important to listen to the last podcast to figure this out. But 
If you have not done it yet, I highly recommend finding a business partner. It will not only take some of the time and stress off of you, but it can help you work all the way around the clock. Maybe you have a week that you need to be in a different state for something else. You can have somebody back at your warehouse, whatever it is, running the business, running the employees, answering questions for customers. You pretty much need to have somebody else in this business. So I I highly recommend it if you don't have anyone in mind yet. Um, Keep going to these conferences. Keep Keep showing up with these with these big entrepreneurs and maybe they have somebody in mind that they can set you up with to kind of have this business together. Maybe it's um, not them, but I, I guarantee a lot of these entrepreneurs have done networking. They know people. Speak with everyone you know. Figure out who is willing to run this. Again, recommended. Don't do business with your friends and family. It is only bound for disaster. Uh, but definitely keep this on your mind during your first couple businesses. Um Hopefully, it's somebody you highly trust, somebody who you can depend on when times get hard, who have a high stress tolerance, whatever it is. End of the day, you need to have somebody else. Um, Okay, so you want to build this billion-dollar company, right? Okay, well, who doesn't? But how many people can pull it off? Not many. That is for sure. But what makes these so-called unicorns so incredibly alluring isn't actually the company itself. It's the people behind them. Now, while many of us have heard of companies that have quickly reached astronomical valuations, others haven't even heard of the slew of other companies that do not even achieve household name status. There are plenty. So what does it take to reach the path to a billion? Now, You've already found the niche twice. Maybe it's 18 times, however many times it took you to get to this point. You found the niche. You figured out the business. Okay, well, this time we're looking on a global scale. What is a problem people have? How can we make people's lives easier? We need to figure this out. This business can be distribution, service-based. Maybe it's, it's some type of product. Again, we're going to go this time, in theory, with a tile distribution warehouse. So... Where do you value yourself and how do you give this value to other people using your industry? Well, this is something we're going to need to figure out in the first hand. Um, after we've found kind of, kind of why we're running this business, what it is, we figured out everything behind it. We need to create this business plan from the start. Now, sit down with your business partner and figure out how this business is going to work, what you're going to provide for us, the tile, how much it costs to get the tile, how much it costs to redistribute it into different areas. How can we scale this? You need to absolutely make sure this is a scalable business. And most importantly, the distribution channel. This is a very important ingredient. Now, To create this empire, we need to have trustworthy people on the other hand who are being able to provide us our product, make our product, whatever it is. Maybe we're working with some type of shipping company. We need to figure out how to make this the most reliable thing out there. Now, if you don't have the proper budget to kind of find these people, there are many, many websites offering freelance service um, where you can kind of figure out not just from the service, but kind of figure out where these people come from, how to find the right people to do what you need. And I guarantee this, this very much varies from person to person, but 
you need to use your skills you've already found, your networking, and find the right people to do your service. So I, I suppose if I've planned out that I'm going to run this, this tile distribution company, I've been talking to people who are in the um, kind of construction industries, kind of talk to people who do freelance construction, people who know a little bit about the area, and kind of we're, we're getting this idea of, of where to get this information before we need to have it. But if you're at this point, this might take a year, might take two years. You need to figure out exactly what's going on because if you made yourself this much money already, you do not want this to fail. You want this to grow. So find the right people. And that kind of leads into the next point. Build a solid team for this company. There is no I in team. We've all heard this. This is where you and your business partner kind of come in, but kind of finding the management for the team, your HR um, not recommended from the start, but but kind of figure out what employees you need, not that you want, that you need off the bat, and how they can propel you forward or either hold you back depending on who they are as a person. Um, definitely how you treat your team will reflect on how your customers are being treated. Um, so treat them right, take care of them, give them perks where you can, days off, whatever it is, do not be stingy. If you're looking to seriously scale your business, it simply does not work if you have unhappy employees. Um, now, I guess the next step for this is to swim in a blue ocean. Now, I, I think this is a kind of a stupid name for it, but it makes sense. I heard this concept from Russell Brunson. You want to swim in a blue ocean, not a red ocean. Red oceans are full of big competitors that are vying for the customer's attention with larger budgets than you have. Blue oceans are wide open. When, I guess, let's take, a, let's take a look at Uber. When Uber first hit the app store, it was a blue ocean. Now it's a red ocean. It's hard for companies to compete in somewhere like this where there's a million different companies offering some kind of rental, some kind of food service, whatever it is. This is pretty much common sense, but do not look where there's already companies. Start something new. You found your niche. Now you need to use it. Next step, you need to build an effective sales funnel. Whether you're in the some type of e-commerce business or you're selling informational products, you need an effective sales funnel. Sales funnels are highly crafted, automated selling machines. They help you to scale quickly and you can bring your products or services or digital information to market quickly and effectively. If you study anything about sales online, you'll know that the most transactions do not occur on the first transaction. They take time. Let's say um, you're some kind of company like Amazon. People visit your website. People see your products. Maybe they leave the website. Maybe they visit your website. They see your products. They add it to the cart, and then they leave. Maybe they see your website, add it to the cart. They get all the way to the checkout, and then they do not buy Things take time, and if you want it to work on autopilot, you need to create some type of repeat customer. Maybe it's some type of subscription. Maybe you need to slowly add customers over time. The retainment will not always be 100%, but you can build up on this and repeatedly sell whatever it is. Even if it's a product, you can definitely put it on autopilot. Just make sure you're looking in the right places. Next, watch your expenses. Excuse me, watch your expenses like a hawk. You have to be careful of your bottom line 
especially with all this hard-earned money we've done in the first two steps. Maybe we've sold those businesses. Maybe we've kind of traded hands with them. But you only have a limited amount of money at this point. Watch your expenses very, very carefully. Now, I was always critical of every last cent that I spent in my business. And I was always looking for the right deal. I say, with my personal experiences, if you do not watch even the smallest expenses, you could eventually end up being taken for a ride. Now, it's hard. It's hard to focus on small stuff sometimes, but it's crucial. This is why having a second person could definitely come in handy. But if your money is being spent frivolously, there's simply no way that you'll be able to scale quickly enough to build a billion-dollar company. Next, focus on acquisitions to speed up your growth. Acquisitions are key. That's one way smaller companies can quickly grow. They gobble up competitors in other markets, but in order to do that, you need proper funding. That much is clear, but it's a strategy that small and big companies use to reach market saturation very quickly. Identify competitors that you could potentially acquire while you scale your business out, They don't have to be massive companies, but if you play your cards right, they could help you become a behemoth and quickly build out your dreams of having a billion-dollar business. So at this point, we have everything ready to go. Again, take the steps from business number two. Repurpose your financial account bank-wise. Maybe it's going ahead and starting with a new bank. Maybe you learned your lesson with the one you're currently at. Maybe you didn't do enough research. Make sure you have everything ready to go websites, bank accounts. Maybe you're pre-selling whatever it is, some type of prescription. You've tested out everything. Make sure you have everything ready to go with what you've previously learned from your other businesses. It's important to follow these steps. Every business has to do so. Some things that take time, like the marketing plan and business plan, very, very important to look past, but will will really prove to be crucial in the future of your business. So plan wisely, very much so watch your expenses. And definitely, 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 definitely go in with a partner on your third business. I recommend that this will save your ass. So really consider it. I know a lot of people think they're smarter than the average person or, or you can't find someone who's working good enough to kind of fit your needs. But I guess keep looking because this will really prove to be dominant in the first couple years of growing your business. Maybe you'll have to buy them out later on, but very important to have some type of partner to split the liability with, um, not only financially, but time-wise in your business. Kind of with that point, that's going to wrap up today's little podcast here. Um, Maybe if you made it this far to the end and you don't understand a concept, go back and re-listen to it or do your own research to figure out kind of how that concept can play into running your own business and and what you really need to know for your own region, state, city, country, whatever whatever you're at, figure out what needs to be done for that particular area because you really don't want to screw yourself over financially in the future. Um, And with that, if you have any questions, my email should be linked to this podcast. Go ahead and send me questions. Um, I'll definitely take a look and figure out what I can do to help you or, or redirect you to someone or some website that can help you. Again, this has been Smart Money, and we will see you on Sunday with our next episode, kind of talking about something a little bit better, financially easier to listen to. 
but we'll help you in your future. That being said, y'all have a good day and we'll see you Sunday.